What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends. Welcome back to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And as fall sets in, as autumn arrives, Halloween is just around the corner, and we're kicking it off with Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Yeah, this is a real harvesty spook, and I see it come up a lot of times on lists, but like you really gotta look for it because it's it's normally down there at the very bottom. Like, oh, and there's this little made-for-TV movie from 1981. You should probably check it out. It's pretty okay. I've seen it forever, and I don't think either of us had ever watched it before. I've never finished it. No. And what a darn shame. Yeah, it's a blast. And, you know, made-for-TV movies, they get short shrift because they, you know, in an in an era where we were getting Jason Voorhees hacking off heads, ripping off arms, splitting people in half, you couldn't show that kind of stuff on television. So it's, it's almost a completely different way of filmmaking because you have to shoot around gore. Like, everything that you've come to expect for a, a classic retro horror movie was just not available at that time. Yeah, because you couldn't... I mean, you can argue that the Scarecrow is a slasher villain, but this isn't a slasher movie. The kills aren't slashery, and the the Scarecrow, and we'll get into this later, is not very present in the film. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very interesting take on the, you know, the revenge hunt, because you're right, Friday the 13th had just come out in 1980. We had the Halloween in 1978. Like, people were expecting knives and pitchforks and chainsaws and all of the manner of gory detail. <laughs> but that's not what you get on Channel 666 here uh, on this fake TV I think it was broadcast. on CBC. <laughs> <laughs> CBC. 
CBS. No, CBS. We're calling we're calling this double feature Channel Six 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 because we are talking about two made for TV horror movies uh, at the golden age of made for TV horror movies. There was a period where we were just pumping them out nonstop, and they were they were prestige television for a time. Columbo was essentially a TV movie that you would get at, like a new murder mystery with a goofy bumbly detective every we're on month. A, we're on a Columbo kick. It's it's gonna infect its way into all the episodes. <laughs> yeah, but made for TV movies were a legit thing. They've definitely been replaced by things like Netflix. Like that would be your new TV movie. The Netflix Sh- like um, Black Mirror is the new TV movie. Yeah, it's an event. It drops. There's like six episodes. Bandersnatch, a TV movie. Yeah, if they if they were still doing Stephen King miniseries on uh, you know CBS or wherever, that's that's kind of that's that's the kind of event television you would have gotten with something like Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Doesn't Dark Knight of the Scarecrow feel like a Stephen King product? It just has the tone, the vibe, the small towniness. If of we it. had like a dream catcher in somebody's house that we've like put a haunting score underneath, then yeah, of course. Like you add some little bit of Native American kids on lore. Bikes. <laughs> yes, yeah, kids on bikes for sure. This with ooh boo would have been a Stephen King thing if we thought if we heard one person say that the spirit of the scarecrow comes back every 33.2 years, then yeah, 100% this would have been a Stephen King story. But before we get into it, for anybody who's unfamiliar, Kim, let's give them, let's give them three good things about Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, why they should check it out. Well, I think we touched on one uh, just a few minutes ago, and uh, like a lot of people would consider it a drawback, but I think it really works for this movie, is the lack of gore and how the kills are staged and the supernaturalness of it all, because they really had to lean into that because of the lack of gore. And I don't think it's a hindrance in this movie at all. No. I love the creative ways they establish the violence without using blood there's ketchup there's a red hat like there's some really fun moments to be had in this movie that are all for the sake of the censorship and despite that censorship my number two good thing dude falls into a fucking wood chipper (laughs) (laughs) i love a wood chipper death it's second only to the steamroller death and i could tell you i could name eight movies right now where people die by steamroller it's one of my favorite things in the world but wood chipper 100 is uh is just as good i smell a list for the website <laughs> yeah probably uh i would be hard pressed to name a horror movie set or that goes through a farm and someone doesn't die by farm equipment oh yeah every everybody on this dies kind of by farm equipment it's all it's mostly farmland accidents how festive and number three, obviously we gotta say finale in a fake pumpkin patch. <laughs> yeah. And there's a scarecrow. Should we should we put the scarecrow as one of the good things? Cool. Uh, I think for, from what I understand, maybe the first time anybody's used a scarecrow as a villain. And and holy shit, did we get a bunch of them since? And they all kind of look exactly like the scarecrow from Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Scarecrows are so innately scary. Scarecrows yeah. are the clowns of the field. It's in the name. <laughs> We are the crows. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking scary. They they don't need to do much but just be there and like <laughs> it. Imagine having to go pick corn as like a 12-year-old from a field that had a scarecrow. Like your mom's like, oh, corn's ready. Go get six for dinner. Well, I mean, as as a kid, you probably made that scarecrow. That's just a great little craft for kids to do. Oh, making scarecrows would be fun. Yeah. 
If you've been to stealing corn from one, not fun. No. If you've if anybody listening has been to or wants to go to Sleepy Hollow in October, there is a scarecrow building contest where you show up with clothing and they give you everything you need to make a scarecrow. Hey. Yeah, they just they give you hay to stuff the clothing, but like you get some really creative scarecrows that people make just like on the fly. It's so great. We were actually there the, like the weekend after they had done it and they hang up the scarecrows all through the town. Mm-hmm. They're on every lamppost. So the entire town is decorated with scarecrows, and it's really cute because they're not scary scarecrows. They're cute scarecrows. Yeah, you put that scarecrow in a field, suddenly everything's <laughs> Change of mind. <laughs> but yeah, surprise, surprise, one of the biggest selling features of this movie, we got a spooky scarecrow. We're going to be back in a minute after the trailer to talk about everything else that we loved about this weirdo made-for-TV B-horror movie. <laughs> Dark Knight of the Scarecrow is currently sitting at a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 3.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd. 50%, okay, 50% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but 65% audience rating. Also, not not a huge bump. You know, you hope that when you see, like, oh, 50%, what does the audience think of it? Oh, audience, 90%. Yeah, everybody loves a good scarecrow and a good pumpkin. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think everybody's just like, hmm, not enough scarecrow, which is a bummer. You kind of alluded to it a little bit in the intro. But, yeah, for a, a movie that is just 
selling scarecrows. Like, oh, you want a scarecrow? We got a wholesale scarecrow for this horror movie. Okay, that's that is true. There is not a lot of scarecrow in this movie, but they do a really great job of making it eerie and supernatural. And I think holding those cards close to their chest makes it all the more better when we see the scarecrow. Spoiler alert. In the finale, <laughs> yeah, he well, he makes he makes quiet appearances here and there as sort of almost like a harbinger, right? Like a a sign that something bad is going to happen, like a like a mark that would be you know put on your door for death, like oh the re- the reapers here, uh, characters before they die see the scarecrow who, who obviously disappears very quickly afterward um, before tragedy ensues. But man, it would have been it. It would have been nice to see the scarecrow tromping around at night, maybe making a few boos here and there. But yes, I think despite that, I think how sparing they were really helped the movie. See, I think the abundance of scarecrow is for another movie. Not that I would be against it. I would love to see a scarecrow slasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they did another like Night of the Scarecrow in 1995, which I, I accidentally looked up when I was looking up this movie because oh, did I didn't you? know the year. But I was like, I don't think this is the right movie. It was not this movie is more about the subtlety and like being haunted and it, it crescendos to that finale like one of the best moments is when we first kind of get that glimpse that there is somebody out there when the the farmer with the silo and the grain feels like there's something on his property there's noises everywhere he's following them around he's very cautious he's very like nervous at that point and we see a glimpse of somebody in his house oh yeah just turning the light off like you just see the silhouette of somebody like waiting for you in your house could be anybody because there is there is an angle of the movie where it is clearly a revenge story um and maybe these guys are being driven mad by a person who's hunting them down We've got four good old boys from this small southern town who just decide they don't like this this simple-minded character who's an, he, a full adult that has made friends with like a little eight-year-old girl, and they just they don't like they don't like anything about him. And when the girl gets hurt one day, um, she gets attacked by a dog. They just assume he's responsible for her death. Yeah, little like they don't need any information. No information is shared. Uh, one person finds out she's dead and carries it through the town, and they collect dogs and pitchforks and they go after. They've her. been waiting for the day. Like they even say at the beginning, like, "Oh, you know, we there's nothing we can do about Bubba. We hate Bubba, but wh- whenever we do something, we got to make sure it's permanent. So we're gonna wait for the right opportunity for a justified lynching, uh, and they're gonna go out and they're gonna gun him down, which is exactly what they do. Uh, you know, they get hound dogs they chase him back to his house uh he arrives just before they do and his mother who has been defending him his entire life from assholes like these guys uh, hides him in a scarecrow out in the middle of the field genius hiding spot by the way if they didn't have dogs there's no fucking way they would have ever found him. yeah it was solely because of the dogs yeah even the even they're even confused by the fact that the dogs think the scarecrow is what they're looking for like ah these dogs are dumb but they can see uh they can see Bubba's terrified eyes through the mask. That is the best shot of the movie. Oh, it's it's so oh. it's so painful <laughs> and like I don't know. Normally, I'm not like, oh, this shot really resonates with the soul, <laughs> but uh, I felt things and they were sad things. Yeah. 
It was such a, they, they really linger on the fact that you can see Bubba terrified and he's still doing the hiding game because that's the only thing he knows in how his mind works that will keep him safe. And he, and he doesn't necessarily have the forethought to be like, maybe I should just run now. It's like this terrified, trapped moment. I don't even know if he can get down from that scarecrow, to be honest. It's true. He's it's like his arms are tied He's up. He's just pinned there. Yeah. It's, it's awful. They shoot it's him. They awful. Sh- they shoot him like a dozen times. He dies. They get away with murder, though, because they, they stick a pitchfork in his hand. And when they're in court, they claim that he tried to attack them and they had to shoot him <laughs> 21 times in self-defense. It's weird that nobody ever determined that the pitchfork was from their very own truck. Yeah, because they definitely didn't have, he didn't have a pitchfork in his hand. But I mean, I guess maybe classic thing you'd put in a in a scarecrow's hands. Yeah. But still, yeah, it is, it's really a... We don't his, have fingerprints for made for TV movies. No. <laughs> it's a real his word, uh, their word against, against a dead man's and like there's nobody around to argue his side, so... They've got no evidence, they say, and they're not willing to go off of uh, they're not willing to go off any testimony from his, his mother. So they get off scot free. Were you a little surprised when we immediately cut from the death to a court scene? I was expecting them to like dump the body in a ravine to hide him. Like I was expecting there to be more of a cover up. They were like, nah, we're just gonna deal with this in a court of law. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's uh, when they put the pitchfork in his hand, I kind of knew exactly what they were doing. Like, they're just like, oh, he's coming right for us. Like, they, they were completely justified in what they had to do. Yeah. The, the other thing we're not pointing out here is like right after they kill him and they're just like, that's right. We did a good thing here today, boys. Justice has been served. They hear over the radio that the little girl is totally fine. It was all a big misunderstanding. She was attacked by a dog, and Bubba, in fact, saved her life. She'd be be dead if it wasn't for Bubba, and these motherfuckers killed him for no goddamn reason. (laughs) I mean, we knew it because we saw it. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Fuck, you're just like mm. these are these are the guys at the end of Night Night of the Living Dead, the town renegades who just grab guns and just start shooting everybody indiscriminately. Like they kill zombies and they kill the lead of the movie without any care. Oh, in the world. that's the same feeling you get in this movie that like pit in your stomach where you're just like, don't act before thinking. Right. Yeah, and it's not too long after that. It's really just a couple weeks that they start dying. They start getting picked off one by one. Uh, first guy. Uh, they, they, the, the, the sequences are all great because like we've got a scarecrow that just appears in their field in the middle of nowhere which they they can't explain how it got there and it's you know they the oh suddenly guilt and fear starts getting set in and you know when no one's around they start investigating noises they're hearing people in their barn and then accidents happen and they fall into like this one the first guy falls into his own wood chipper which is just so fucking good the you know the prevailing theory around town is that it's just a tragic accident just like Oh, just a sad mishap on the farm. Happens all the time. But who turned the wood chipper off? Right? When they found when they found him, the wood chipper was turned off, which clearly Oh, it must have run out of gas. Also, even though this was a made for TV movie and the fact that there was a full corpse under a tarp, you're like, mm, would there be a full corpse? <laughs> but I mean, had 
had this scarecrow just wanted him dead and not necessarily pulpified, he could have turned it off as soon as he had enough blood loss, therefore enough body to hide under the tarp. <laughs> oh, gross. Gross, gross, gross. But yeah, that's that's actually one of those cuts you were talking about Corpse logic. Where we, we see the camera POV falls into the wood chipper and then we hard cut to somebody putting like raspberry preserve on a plate, just like a gooey, messy red pile. <laughs> I think it's ketchup, but- So good. I uh, know it's, it's I, th- I think it's like breakfast jam. Oh, it's just like a really sloppy southern breakfast. Like he's having flapjacks, he's having bacon, he's having uh, he's having French toast, he's having jam. He's got it all. And and I think we should point out too that in that death you don't see the scarecrow. Um, we're investigating sounds. He gets like I don't know if it's pushed or if he stumbles, but he's hanging onto the light above the wood chipper, which is on. So there is some inkling of supernatural to it but at this point it could still be a revenge story yeah and they think the like the the you know the murderers they assume that the person who's after them is either the... <laughs> a frail old woman or yes. a tiny little girl. <laughs> <laughs> or no, I, I think their like immediate thought is that it's the lawyer who was defi- like the public attorney who's uh, who's representing Bubba and Bubba's mother, um, like really just the town. Like he's the one trying these guys for murder. Obviously, they get off on it, and he sort of like swears that like if a shred of evidence ever comes to light, I'm fucking coming for you guys. And because there is no evidence and he's not going to find anything that's their natural assumption for who's committing the revenge because it's played out it's played out like friday the 13th and i think it was a great idea for you to mention that at the beginning of the episode because in friday the 13th you never actually see the killer Mm -hmm. you do see like killer's hands and some killer pov yeah like you know it's a human event yeah but you obviously the whole point of the original friday the 13th is that it's kind of a whodunit and you don't know who the perpetrator is so they're very cautious as to how much you see of the killer yeah and they're they're doing they're juggling both ideas here where it's it's maybe a person but it's maybe also the spirit of bubba himself um you never see the gears flip on for the wood chipper you don't see like you don't see a person pressing the button you don't see the the button being pressed supernaturally it's just that like we're following the victim before he dies and he's always one step behind whatever is hunting him. The other problem with this being a TV movie is that it wants to be so much darker. And like, and like, don't get me wrong, it is dark, especially for a TV movie. It's movie magic gory. But when the main bad dude, Mr. Hazelrig, played by uh, what, Todd Durning, Charles Durning, he's so fucking good in this movie. He's the creepiest mailman ever. Right? He's the creepiest mailman in this movie. He's the creepiest restaurant owner in the Muppet movie when he wants to just fry up Kermit the Frog. Oh! <laughs> and he's also kind of a creepy, he's just kind of a creep in, uh, in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Like, he's, a, he's a, just, like, a southern fried politician. He's so good. Like, he's just a great actor. But his character, he's the guy that's really been running the whole show. He's been the one whipping these dudes into a frenzy. He's been leading the charge on Bubba. And when he goes to have a have a little, little talk with Mrs. Ritter, because he assumes that if it's not the lawyer, it's got to be her handling this bullshit, she throws back at him that he's the real evil guy in town. Like, his obsession with Bubba and Mary Lee, this little girl, only stems from the fact that he's a fucking pedophile. Yeah, and so up until that point, like, I was just like, 
like, oh, he's a nosy busybody because he's the mailman. He's up in everybody's business. Yeah. But then you remember the very beginning of the movie where he gets this inspiration that he wants to kill Bubba. He's just watching the, the, the two with binoculars. Yeah. He's just keeping an eye on them. And like, why did we just gloss over how fucking creepy that was until halfway through the movie? Well, because we think it's just hate. Like, oh, this man's just driven by hate. But really, he just wants Bubba out of the way. Like, Bubba is the thing stopping him. And what from... he really hates is himself. <laughs> but he he does have a, a, a moment where he sort of, like, corners Mary Lee while she's playing hide-and-go-seek at the Halloween dance. That's a great fucking scene. It's really good. It's one, it's really uncomfortable because Hazel Rigg is a fucking creep. Yeah. But the, the little act who plays Mary Lee is so good in that scene. She's great. Because she's talking about how she knows that he killed Bubba because Bubba told her and like it's it's presented so creepily because it's like she's been talking to the ghost of Bubba. Yeah. Very creepy. Well, it's, it's delivered in like the greatest little line exchange, right? Where she's just like, I know you killed Bubba. I know that you did. And he's like, who told you that? And like Bubba did. And like, but Bubba's dead. I know. Like, fuck yeah. 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 She's <laughs> totally, like, she's friends with a fucking ghost. <laughs> and, and she doesn't care who knows it. Yeah, and it's Halloween. There's fucking decorations all down the hall. She's wearing a Halloween costume. It's just vibes for days. Yeah, even when she runs off scared and he goes chasing after her, a security guard basically, like, steps between the two of them. He's like, hey, man, party's up front. Like, everybody knows that this guy shouldn't be around children. Yeah, and, and there's a weird kind of tiptoe around the fact that he lives in a boarding house with like a bunch of old ladies and he doesn't like live his own full life like yeah. she makes him dinner and he sits like he has well, dinner with these people and which, it's just like yeah. it's but he is kind of living this adult child life <laughs> yeah like this arrested development like okay. he's he's not mowing his own lawn That's true. he's not making his own dinner yeah like it's it seemed like it was a little more commonplace a couple decades ago to to live like if you're you know, a single man kind of thing yeah but there is there is something weird about it there is and the the fact that everybody kind of tiptoes around it like when when the other good old boys come to um let him know that like they're afraid and they think there's an undead scarecrow after them it's really awkward and uncomfortable he doesn't want them there they don't want to be there yeah and it's it's just really strange being in that house yeah despite being the postman like he's clearly embedded in the community he's it's he has like a transient lifestyle like he could and like that's that's totally what that character would have like he could just pick up and leave it in a moment's notice when people found out that he'd like molested and murdered a girl mm. which is bound to happen mm. unless a creepy scarecrow gets in the way this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
You really enjoyed the second death. I think you love a I think you love a silo death as much as you like a wood chipper death. Oh yeah. No, silos are just those things that well, first off, kids die in them every year. It mm. happens every single year in every farm community. There's always kids playing in silos that shouldn't be and silos are crazy fucking dangerous. I feel like it would have more of a ball pit scenario <laughs> where like That's why kids play in it. But like <laughs> that, that you could like suspend on top of it like if the grain's coming down you could that's, like that's what everybody keep thinks. Up on top <laughs> yeah, of you, it. Yeah, you're like, oh, I would just keep stepping up. Nah, it doesn't work like that. Mm. You always sink into it, and then it's just like you can't move, and then you suffocate. <laughs> and then no one hears. <laughs> it's it's truly awful. It happens all the time. That's why you don't fuck around with farm equipment. You don't fuck around with silos. That's like a that's like a big rule that you learn as a kid growing up on a farm. It's just like you treat this shit with the respect that it deserves, otherwise you Die. You're only allowed to feed the chickens and the pigs. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't like. I I didn't grow up on a farm, but like I do have family that are farmers, and yeah, it's just like you go to visit them, and they're like, you stay the fuck away from everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I love a I love a good silo. You're just death. like finger guns out the door, like <laughs> not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would just like bring my mini bike and like rip around the ter- the the property. That was always fun. From previous episodes, I've learned that you have a lot more cornfield experience than I do. Hell yeah. I don't know if I've ever been in a corn... Well, no, I've been in corn mazes, but I don't know if I've ever been, like, in a cornfield proper. Nah, it doesn't count. One that wasn't made for, like, 12-year-olds to run through it. Ah, you haven't lived until you've been panicked (laughs) and terrified that you're lost in a cornfield. There's no... It's so fun, especially when you're young and you're small, you can't jump up to see where to go. (laughs) I can picture you having your own little Blair Witch moment. Pretty much. And then you, like, you hear a dog in the distance and you're just like was that a coyote like you just you don't know you know and you're like fuck where do i go all right i'll follow the sun yeah this is fun little rises stuff. in the east sets in the north <laughs> yeah i didn't know jack shit uh yeah yeah it's dangerous stuff the farms the farms in this movie because it's definitely like off season though are like dirt farms like nobody's growing anything no actually in the finale you mentioned at the top of the show that there's like pumpkins but it's so funny because it's a dried out cornfield so there's like husks of corn and then just fully grown pumpkins just scattered about like there's no pumpkin vines nobody was growing pumpkins here absolutely it was like the scarecrow came before everybody was like there for the finale and he's setting it up he's like okay two pumpkins over here six pumpkins over here yeah you gotta make it look good (laughs) exactly yeah no i want i want some ambience some atmosphere Fear. This is the last. This is I've been waiting for this kill. This has been my favorite. Of course, I saved him for last. I wanted to look nice, uh, leave a cool looking little uh, little murder scene for the cops to discover later on. Yeah, this, the silo death's fun. Uh, I feel like I glossed over it a little bit, but yeah, it's uh, it's truly a truly helpless and hopeless way to die, uh, especially given that the scarecrow. I'm just gonna go ahead and say, obviously, it's the scarecrow doing all this stuff. Uh, only fills it enough to suffocate him. Like his like the guy's arm is still hanging out, so like you can he can feel that like just a couple inches away, there's air that I could breathe, but nope, can't make my way to it. It's I don't know if that's worse than drowning, but it's definitely not better. Yeah, it's a version of drowning. (laughs) Don't like it. And yeah, everybody after this is going mad. Everybody wants to turn themselves into the police. Yeah, well, I think it's dark. Even his death is dark because these two came to Hazelrig because they're starting to think it's supernatural and they want to just like submit themselves to the police. Yeah. They want to just end this. Um, Because going to jail for the rest of your life would be better than dying. Yeah. And so he dies knowing what's coming for him. 
He dies afraid. Oh, they all know what's coming for him. <laughs> Let's be real. Come on, you can't just you can't just do some awful shit like murdering somebody for no goddamn reason, covering it up, get like, and then like, getting the town to pat you on the back without knowing that the the other shoe's gonna drop at some point. Yeah, this whole movie they're li- they're living their life like I know what you did last, Scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Why can't we title the episode that? <laughs> I know what you did last, Scarecrow. That's good. Because instead of like notes from the killer like i know what you did the scarecrow's just appearing in their lawn and they're like, like oh, oh fuck hey. who knows yeah somebody obviously knows because like why else would they put the scarecrow up but yeah once once harris is dead it's harris once harless is dead and once philby is dead all that's left is hazel rig and skeeter and skeeter's just like oh god what are we gonna do kind of guy and he's he's absolutely at this point gonna turn himself into the police uh unless they get some definitive proof that uh that that bubba is actually dead so they head out to the graveyard and they dig up bubba uh you know like they gotta see his body because uh, he starts to get convinced that like maybe he didn't die that's the only thing that could possibly be true like i don't think the lawyer did because well, at this point hazel hazel rig has scared Bubba's mother to death. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, just like completely gave this old woman a heart attack. Uh, and then to cover that up, just, just blew, blows up her goddamn house. Like turns on the uh, turns on the gas range stove while she's having a nice quiet fire knitting. Uh, she's, I, I, I'm gonna assume she's dead. Like, right? Like, yeah. she's not just unconscious sitting there. No, she was like, cold with her eyes open yeah and he covers up that murder by just blowing the goddamn place to smithereens this movie is absolutely a representation of one murder always leads to 16 murders like you can never just murder one person like it's always a trickle down scenario you have to cover up your murder with murders of other people that's what Hercule Poirot has always taught us the most dangerous thing the most most dangerous time of a murder is immediately afterward before the murderer has been caught because once you've killed one person it is nothing to kill another one to stop yourself from going to jail yeah and hazel rig is the definition of that he will kill anybody to stop this from getting including out. a nine-year-old girl including that's his a other nine-year-old thing. girl yeah the, and that's why he has to kill skeeter because he basically relays that information like there's only one other like once they realize that bubba is in the ground bubba is dead and buried uh you know i guess he's just assuming that the lawyer definitely doesn't have anything to do with it uh mrs mrs ritter is dead there's only one other person it could be that fucking little girl and, and especially because she knows that they killed somebody i think he just assumes that she She's got inside knowledge that she's somehow killing these guys one by one. Like, she's she's constructing these accidents. So he's like, we've got to kill Mary Lee. And Skeeter doesn't want anything to do with it. So rather than uh, turning themselves into the police, Hazel Rig just bashes his fucking brains in with a shovel and buries him with Bubba out in the graveyard. That's a really dark scene. And the acting is really good in that scene. I really enjoyed uh, Skeeter's performance. Like, they're both dirty from digging a grave for hours. And they are tussling in a graveyard, like, in the dirt, on the ground. And it's a really emotional sequence. Because <laughs> we know that Hazel Rig is just trying to get him either, one, to, to agree to kill Mary Lee, or two placate him long enough that he can bash him over the head. Yeah. And the, then he does that. And they, it, it, this is, I don't know if this was just an accident. There's no way it, it, it was an accident. But Skeeter's been wearing a, a, like a red and white dotted hat throughout the whole movie. Just like your classic mechanic in the middle of nowhere, you know, Georgia hat. And when, when Hazelrig hits him over the head, the hat sticks to the back of the shovel 
Because he's got brain matter all over that shovel Which, as well. visually, you don't see any of that. There's no blood on the hammer, but no. it's such a fun way for them to show how lethal that hit was. Yeah. But the hat was stuck to it. Yeah, and the hat's red, so like in the dark of the night, too, it looks like the shovel is covered in gore. It's If it was an accident, that is that is a brilliant accident, but I, I have to think it was intentional. It, it's just genius. Just like the smartest thing I've ever seen in a made-for-TV movie. Oh, so good. Yeah. And at this point, Hazel Riggs the only person left. And as he's uh, as he's tromping around out of the graveyard, he comes across Mary Lee. He chases Mary Lee. Uh, so now she is definitely working with Bubba. Now she is helping him get murdered. Oh yeah, I guess I didn't necessarily think about that. Like she's what? <laughs> leading him straight to Bubba in the field. She is. Yeah, she. I, I, maybe Bubba came came up to her and was just like, "Hey, here's the deal. He's coming for you. Uh, we got to use you as bait." Like, this is the only thing we could do. Otherwise, he's going to strangle you in your fucking bed at night. There's nothing I could do about it because you don't have a wood chipper in your bedroom. (laughs) You know, we got to get him out where there's some farm equipment that we can run him over with. Uh, And that's what they try and do. Like, the the tractor uh, fires up. It's plowing the field. Like, it's got, like, a tiller on the back of it. So it's, it's, if, if, you know, despite not just being run over by this tractor or maybe smushed by the, um... Scooper? The yeah, the bucket on the front of it. Uh, he's gonna get chopped up into little bits from the tiller that's running behind it. And we get to gratuitously see a bunch of pumpkins get milled up by it, and yeah. it's just lovely. Which that and like that's another great little bit. Like this is all suspense and tension that they're building for the scene. But like by watching it chew up these pumpkins like it's butter, like that's all we're thinking about when we're imagining it grinding him up and just like you know turning them into gore. Pumpkin goo is such a great sub in for real violence <laughs> it is it looks like body matter like the seeds and the and the pulp and stuff like such a great such a great replacement i will take pumpkin goo actually over blood because it's like sinewy right mm-hmm. like it's stringy, stringy. Uh, love it yeah it's good stuff but that's not actually what ends up killing him like he he runs up uh you know he's he's running away from the tractor he's not really paying attention to where he's going and then boom he's uh he's face to face with us with a scarecrow and he doesn't realize that he's run directly into a fucking pitchfork he's impaled himself he dies bleeding out. The last thing he sees is the same scarecrow face that uh, that Bubba was hiding behind the whole time. But this time. time there's no eyes in there. It's, it's just dark. darkness, which is so fucking good. It's also really great, too, because the scarecrow is not animated at this moment, but it's it's holding the pitchfork yeah. in an antagonistic way. Like, it is holding it out to impale. Um, and the scarecrow is positioned in, like, a form of violence, which is really just great for the vignette. It's so still. But there's also a moment before the tractor starts where we actually see inside the tractor. Yeah, we see the gears moving. Are moving on their own volition. And it's like such a great moment because it's like the opposite of that scene in Christine mm. where you're like, wow, the car's going real crazy. It's killing the friends. It's killing the girlfriend. And then we get a shot inside. And, and we see Arnie's there. He's driving it. And it's like the complete opposite of that. It's like, oh shit, this is a spirit. Yeah. It has been a spirit there the isn't, whole time. Yeah, there isn't anybody in that tractor. We are, we are in full supernatural territory at this moment. It's so great. It's such a great... Great time to confirm to the audience, this is the finale, you're getting what you wanted the whole time, it's a fucking scarecrow, and he's here, baby. And the, ch- the cherry on top of all that, too, is that Mary Lee shows up after Hazel Rigg is, you know, finally, like, given his last breath, and she's like, you did it, Bubba, 
and then the scarecrow turns and looks at the little girl and like and you can see that there's still nobody in it it's no, not like Bubba's alive so and he's creepy. hiding in there like he's a real ghost that has inhabited the scarecrow and they're both happy and he gives her a flower and we freeze frame on the little girl grabbing a flower from a murderous scarecrow ghost yay happy ending <laughs> yeah <laughs> what a cool ass Halloween movie just a great revenge tale honestly this is gonna be an annual watch for me what a great movie to like get into the Halloween vibe films are just very fall I guess it's it's a perfect October movie anyway like we all put on like AMC Scream Fest or whatever Uh, like this is built for commercial breaks and also you don't have to pay full attention to it if you don't want to like it's a perfect movie to have on in the background while you're carving pumpkins it, this would be a good pumpkin carving movie. Yeah, it's a shame that we uh, it's a shame that we did Pumpkinhead last year because these these two movies would have been a great double bill. Yeah, two really great revenge movies. And I still I'm still standing by the fact that I think this is in the like that Stephen King world. <laughs> it the whole movie reminds me of that segment in Creepshow Two um, with Chief Woodenhead. Yes, where. It's it's a revenge story. The wooden Native American statue out front of the general store comes to life to defend the owner and his wife who were murdered by three young, you know, roughabouts, uh, one with very good hair. <laughs> and the whole segment is just this spirit killing them one by one. And it's lovely. Yeah, you said that while we were watching the movie and I couldn't get it out of my head that this was just an hour and a half long segment in a creep show movie. Yeah, which you're right is... Very Stephen King, so that's I, I I can see I can finally see how you've bridged that gap. Okay, these it's it's making a lot more sense. Or I know what you did last summer. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know what you did last Scarecrow. So Kim, how do you rate Dark Knight of the Scarecrow? Um, I'm gonna give it a three and a half out of four. It's got that like fall season bump, pumpkins, ghosts, haunted dance. I think I'm gonna give Dark Knight of the Scarecrow a three out of four. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it. It's just... The problem is that the ending is so fucking good. And I do love the deaths. And the hat gore. It's got a good fall vibe. And there's a silo. It's the right time of year. I'm giving it a three and a half out of four. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you say writing out loud that you're like, nah, this is it. And you're just like, "Mm, it doesn't feel right. Like on the tongue? I don't know. (laughs) Seasonal bump? Seasonal bump. Mm, Yeah, no, it needs a 0.5 bump. Let us know what you think of Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, if this has been something that's been in your regular Halloween watch list for a while, or if you just checked it out because of the podcast. Uh, you can tweet at us at NOFS Podcast on Twitter or whatever they're calling it now. And you can find us in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord. There's a bunch of fellow fiends in there who are talking about movies, and we would like to talk about them with you at nofspodcast.com slash discord. Yeah, I mean, the 31-day horror challenge is coming up. If you want to get some Halloween movie watching ideas, these are the right people to ask. Like, ask the pros, the other people that have been watching horror movies their entire lives, just like you. And if you need more horror movie podcast content, head over to patreon.com slash nightmare on film street or nofspodcast.com slash fiend club to join the fiend club and get hours of bonus content in exchange for supporting the show. Uh, we've got a, a ton of podcast series over there. We've got watch parties. If you need, if you need more Halloween content to keep things spooky this year, that's exactly where you can find it. And as always, big thanks to the current members of the Fiend Club. Their support is what keeps the lights on here. It's what's keeping us spooky. It's what makes the show possible. And thank you so much for listening. We hope you're having a happy Halloween. It's still early days, but 
you know, I think we all started putting up our Halloween, our first Halloween decorations in August. Yeah, like the the Labor Day rule is like don't wear white after Labor Day is now just like put up your pumpkins after Labor Day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And we've got pumpkins in our backyard growing right now that I can't wait to turn into punch bowls. That's my plan for this year. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna turn a pumpkin into a punch bowl. I'm gonna carve another one into a cool face, obviously. But uh, yeah, right now it is just a matter of like slapping my hand every time I go to the grocery store. I see like giant bins of pumpkins for sale. And it's like, I can't buy them now. They're all going to go bad before Halloween. But I need more pumpkins. <laughs> I'm always for an early pumpkin. Like, so what lo- if you can't carve it? I guess as long as we keep it outside, it won't go bad, right? Like as long as it stays cool. Mm, I think it'll still probably rot before Halloween. You think so? Yeah. I've fallen for this folly several times all right well we'll buy a pumpkin we'll let the critters outside eat it as it goes i mean that's not a bad idea we could give it to the deers should we maybe end this episode (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening happy halloween everybody and until next week i'm john i'm kim stay Stay creepy. creepy it appears you made it out alive but we'll get you next time Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.